ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today Surah Al-Balad where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said La uqsimu bihaadha al-balad wa anta hillun bihaadha al-balad wa walidin wa ma walad laqad khalaqna al-insana fi kabad ayahsabu an lay yaqadir alayhi ahad يقول أهلكت مالا لبدا أيحسب أن لم يره أحد ألم نجعل له عينين ولسانا وشفتين وهديناه النجدين Up to this section So at the beginning here Allah says I swear by this city meaning mecca and you are free from sin and to punish the enemies of islam on the day of the conquest in this city meaning mecca and by the begetter adam alayhi salam and that which he begot meaning his progeny. Verily we have created man in toil. Does he think that none can overcome him? He says boastfully, I have wasted wealth in abundance. Does he think that none sees him? Have we not made for him a pair of eyes and a tongue and a pair of lips and shown him the two ways, good and evil? So the opening ayah, La uqsimu bihadhal balad That I swear by this city la lil istiftah ay istiftah al kalam wa tawkidu wa laysat nafiya lan al murad ithbat al qasd yani ana uqsimu bihadha al balad lakin la هذه تأتي هنا للتنبيه والتأكيد So this opening ayah Allah says that I swear by this city You should not think that the la which is at the beginning of the ayah is for negation It does not mean a negation in this ayah it does not mean that I do not swear. The la at the beginning of this ayah is used as an opening into the statement. It is an opening phrase. Istiftah. And it simply indicates a form of emphasis. It is an opening statement indicating a form of emphasis. It is not a negation here. So do not understand La uqsimu bihadha al-balad as meaning I do not swear by this city. It does not mean that. It means indeed I do swear by this city. The la is used to affirm the statement. It is not as a negation here. So, la uqsimu bihadha al-balad. Uqsimu al-qasm. Ta'kidu shay' bi-dhikr mu'adham ala wajhin makhsus. 
When you take an oath, it is that you mention the one that you revere upon something specific. You take an oath upon something specific, upon whatever statement or issue it is, by mentioning the name of the one that you revere and respect. فَكُلُّ شَيْءٍ مَحْلُوفٌ وَمَحْلُوفٌ بِهِ لَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونَ مُعَظَّمًا لَدَ الْحَالِفِ So every item that you take an oath by, then that must be something that you hold in great regard. And that's why you take an oath by it. You hold it to be in great regard with great respect. And so you take an oath by it. Everything you take an oath by must be something that you have great regard and great respect for. وَقَدْ يَكُونُ مُعَظَّمًا فِي حَدِّ ذَاتِهِ And sometimes that might be the one who is great in and of himself. فَمَثَلًا الَّذِينَ يَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّاتِ وَالْعِزَّةِ هِيَ مُعَظَّمًا عِنْدَهُمْ The mushrikun, for example, when they used to take oaths, by their idols, Allah and Al-Uzza and other than them, they took oaths by those idols because to them, they greatly respected these idols and they greatly uh, held them in high regard. And so that's why they took oaths by them, the mushrikun. لكن هي في الواقع لَيْسَتْ عَظِيمَ وَلَا مَعَظَّمَةً But in reality, of course, we know that those idols that they were turning to are not anything of high regard or respect or honor or nobility in any way. فَالْحَلِفِ أو الْقَصْرِ أو الْيَمِينِ المعنى واحد هي تأكيد شيء بذكر معظم عند الحالف على صفة مخصوصة. <coughs> so, al-halif, al-qasam, al-yameen, all of these words in Arabic indicate the same thing. Taking that oath, that is that you take an oath upon something that you hold in high regard and respect. And you mention that upon some specific statement or item or issue that you want to take an oath about. وَحُرُوفُ الْقَسْمِ And in the Arabic language there are certain words that can be used to make an oath. They are الْبَاءِ The letter بَاءِ Like you say بِاللَّهِ By Allah And the letter واو الْوَاو You say وَاللَّهِ By Allah And the ta. You can say Tallahi, meaning by Allah. وَالَّذِي فِي الْآيَةِ الْكَرِيمَةِ هُنَا لَا أُقْسِمُ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الباء The ba is used in the ayah. لَا أُقْسِمُ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ And the balad, the city that is being spoken of here, البلد هنا مكة It is of course مكة وأقسم الله بها لشرفها وعظمها <coughs> And Allah took an oath by مكة Due to the nobility and the honorable status of مكة Due to the nobility and the honorable status of مكة then Allah took an oath by the city of Mecca. فَهِيَ أَعْظَمُ بِقَاعِ الْأَرْضِ حُرْمَةً It is the most sacred of all of the areas of land. From all of the various locations and areas upon the earth, that location is the most sacred. وَأَحَبُّ بِقَاعِ الْأَرْضِ إِلَى اللَّهِ عِزَّ وَجَلْ 
And it is the most beloved region of land to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِهَذَا بُعِثَ مِنْهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ الَّذِي هُوَ سَيِّدُ الْبَشَرِ صَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ فَجَدِيرٌ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ الْأَمِينِ أَنْ يُقْصَمَ بِهِ So due to the sanctity of Mecca, the sacredness of Mecca, then that is the land from which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent from. That's where he was from. And he is the leader of all of mankind. So it is befitting and suitable for this great land that an oath be taken upon it. Lakin, however, نَحْنُ لَا نُقْسِمُ بِهِ We as creation cannot take an oath by Mecca. This is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taking an oath by it. But we as the creation, we cannot take an oath by Mecca. Because Mecca is a creation. لِأَنَّهُ مَخْلُوقُ وَلَيْسَ لَنَا الْحَقُ أَن نُقْسِمَ بِمَخْلُوقُ and there is no right for us as the creation to be taking an oath by something in creation. So we cannot take an oath by Makkah, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can take an oath by whatever He wishes from His creation. كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَنْ حَلَفَ بِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ أَوْ أَشْرَكَ That whomsoever takes an oath by other than Allah, then he has indeed committed kufr or shirk. أَمَّا اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فَإِنَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ يُقْسِمُ بِمَا شَاءُ As for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes an oath by whatever He wishes. وَلِهَذَا أَقْسَمَ هُنَا بِمَكَّةِ and that's why here in this example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took an oath by Mecca. La uqsimu bihada al-balad wa anta hillum bihada al-balad and you are free from sin. You are free from sin and to punish the enemies of Islam on the day of conquest in this city. قيل المعنى أقسم بهذا البلد حال كونك حالا فيه أو أقسم بهذا البلد حال كونك حالا فيه لأن حلول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في مكة يزيدها شرفا إلى شرفها so one of the meanings of means that I take the oath by this land, by Mecca, whilst you are resident in it. I swear by this city, whilst you are resident in it, meaning Muhammad. Because the fact that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is resident in Mecca increases it in nobility even further. That is a nobility on top of the nobility of Mecca already. Mecca is noble and honorable, but it is even more noble and honorable with the presence of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within it. That can be one of the meanings of وَأَنْتَ حِلٌّ Because حِلٌّ can mean resident. وَأَنْتَ حِلٌّ بِهَذَا الْبَلَدِ And you are resident, you are present in this city. That can be one meaning of this ayah. وَقِيلْ And it has also been said, المعنى وَأَنْتَ تَسْتَحِلُّ هَذَا الْبَلَدِ فَيَكُونُ إِقْسَامُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى بِمَكَّةَ حَالَ كَوْنِهَا حِلًّا لِلرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وذلك عام الفتح 
لأن مكة عام الفتح أحلت للرسول عليه الصلاة والسلام ولم تحل لأحد قبله ولا تحل لأحد بعد ذلك مكة is a land of sanctity it is a land that is sacred and sanctified hurma it is of sanctity so it is not a place where there would be any fighting or bloodshed or affairs of that nature but one of the meanings of this ayah could be wa anta hillun al-balad hill not the meaning of resident but the meaning of halal that makkah is in basic meaning and basic understanding of it halal for you i.e. the sanctity of makkah it is uh, 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 an exception it is an exception for you it is sidelined for you for the year when the conquering of makkah occurred which there would be some perhaps fighting and some there would be affairs that would not be otherwise permissible in the land of sanctity and sacredness but that these affairs are allowed for you they are halal for you in this time when the conquering is going to occur so there could be two meanings to wa anta hillun bihadha al-balad either that i swear by this city whilst you are resident in it or that i swear by this city and the sanctity is made an exception for you during the conquest of it and that exception to the sanctity of mecca it was not given to anybody before the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it has not been given to anyone after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and it is mentioned kama qala alayhi salatu wassalam wa qad aadat hurmatuha al-yawm ka hurmatiha bil-ams akhrajahu al-bukhari wa muslim that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the sanctity of it has returned now returned today just as it was sanctified and sacred yesterday so after the conquest back to as it was and that temporary exception to the sanctity of that land was only at the time of the conquest for the conquest to occur then it returns back to the actual and original sanctified nature that it was upon فيكون اقسام الله تعالى بهذا البلد مقيدا بما اذا كانت حلا للرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم عام الفتح لانها في ذلك اليوم تزداد شرفا الى شرفها حيث طهرت من الاصنام وهزم المشركون وفتحت عليهم بلادهم عنوه وصارت لهذه البلد بعد ان كانت بلد كفر صارت بلاد ايمان وبعد أن كانت بلاد شرك صارت بلاد توحيد وبعد أن كانت بلاد عناد صارت بلاد إسلام فأشرف حال فأشرف حال لمكة كانت عند الفتح. So if the meaning was the first tafsir that I swear by this city whilst you are present in it, whilst you are resident in it. Then upon that tafsir the nobility of Makkah is increased in that scenario because of the presence of the messenger in it. Upon the second tafsir that I swear by this city and the sanctity is excluded for you in the conquering of Makkah. Upon that tafsir how is the nobility of Makkah increased in that scenario? Because in that scenario the conquest of Makkah occurs and so Mecca from a land of shirk becomes a land of tawhid from a land of the polytheists to a land of the muslims from a land of disbelief to a land of iman so that land of sacredness and sanctity and nobility becomes even greater in its nobility and honor that it is now a land of islam and iman 
and that the kufar and disbelief and those affairs have been removed and extinguished from it and the Muslims have conquered it. And then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَوَالِدٍ وَمَا وَلَدٍ And by the one who begot, the begetter. What that means is, in this context, one of the meanings of that is Adam alayhi salam. That he was the original human who was created. He was the one uh, where he can be known as the begetter. Meaning the father of mankind, he is the first and then all of mankind came from him. وَوَالِدٍ وَمَا وَلَدٍ وَمَا وَلَدٍ The progeny that came after him then, the lineage and all the progeny and humans that came after him. So there are differences here. وَوَالِدٍ وَمَا وَلَدٍ يَعْنِ أَقْسَمَ بِالْوَالِدٍ وَمَا وَلَدٍ فَمَنِ الْمُرَادِ بِالْوَالِدٍ وَمَنِ الْمُرَادِ بِالْوَلَدِ So who is the father and who is the son? Who is the, the first and then who is the progeny? What is meant in this ayah? Some of them said what we just mentioned. قيل المراد بالوالد آدم That the father being mentioned here is the original creation Adam السلام وبالولد بنو آدم And the walad the child is therefore all of the progeny and the offspring of Adam alayhi salam. وَعَلَى هَذَا تَكُونُ مَا بِمَعْنَى مَنْ أي وَوَالِدٍ وَمَنْ وَلَدٍ لِأَنَّ مَنْ لِلْعُقَلَى وَمَا لِغَيْرِ الْعُقَلَى So here it would mean then and by the begetter and that which he begot Instead of that which he begot, it would be then, and by the begetter and whom he begot. Meaning the people, the people who came after Adam salam, the progeny of Adam salam. That is one meaning of it. But another possible meaning of the father and the son, or the first and then the progeny is, المراد بالوالد وما ولد كل والد وما ولد الإنسان والبهائم وكل شيء that every father and offspring not just Adam and then the offspring of mankind but every person or every animal even that is the source and then has the offspring the father and then the offspring the parent and then the offspring of everyone لِأَنَّ الْوَالِدُ وَالْمَوْلُودُ كِلَاهُمَا مِنْ آيَاتِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ Because every father or parent and then the offspring of that parent, this is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this procreation occurs in this way. كَيْفَ يَخْرُجُ هَذَا الْمَوْلُودُ حَيًّا سَوِيًّا سَمِيعًا بَصِيرًا مِنْ نُطَّفَةٍ مِمَّا how this offspring exits, is born upon this good and proper form, hearing and seeing in this creation. And all of that from a drop of liquid where it began. All of that from the drop of liquid we spoke about in some of the other chapters before. That this is a sign from the signs of Allah, from that small drop of liquid, the seminal liquid. That small drop of liquid, now you see this child or this offspring in its good and true form, hearing and seeing and alive this creation from that drop of liquid. That is from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهَذَا دَلِيلٌ على كمال قدرة الله عز وجل. So it's an evidence upon the perfect and complete ability of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. هذا الولد السوي يخرج من نطفة. This child that is in the perfect and proper form 
in the perfect and proper form that it has been created in, all of that came from that drop, from that drop of liquid where it started. Sheikh gives examples of other creatures too, not just humans. وَكَذَلِكَ الْحَشَرَاتِ وَغَيْرُهَا وَغَيْرِهَا تَخْرُجُ ضَعِيفَ هَزِيلَةِ ثُمَّ تَكْبُرْ إِلَى مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ حَدِّ So even the small insects and creatures, they begin small and weak, but then they grow up until whatever size Allah has decreed that they grow to. وَالصَّحِيحِ أَنَّ هَذِهِ عَامَّةِ تَشْمَلُ كُلَّ وَالِدٍ وَكُلَّ مَوْلُودٍ And the correct tafsir here is that it incorporates all of that. Every parent and their offspring, it incorporates that because all of those are from the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah mentions, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ That indeed we have created man in toil. We have created man in toil. اللَّامُ هُنَ وَاقِعَ فِي جَوَابِ الْقَصْرِ لِتَزِيدَ الْجُمْلَةِ تَأْكِيدًا وَقَدْ تَزِيدُ الْجُمْلَةِ تَأْكِيدًا أَيْضًا فَتَكُونُ جُمْلَةٌ لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ مُؤَكَّدَ بِثَلَاثَةِ مُؤَكَّدَاتِ الْقَسَمْ وَاللَّامْ وَقَدْ This sentence, لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدٍ That indeed we have created mankind in toil. It is emphasized by three points of emphasis. Firstly, the actual oath. That Allah swore at the beginning of this chapter, that is an emphasis then. Secondly, because you have the lam in this particular ayah, la, laqad. Lam in Arabic is a form of emphasis onto a sentence. And the word qad is also a form of emphasis. So we have three forms of emphasis upon this sentence. That indeed, verily, we have created man in toil. خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ الْإِنسَانَ اسْمُ جِنْسِ يَشْمَلُ كُلَّ وَاحِدٍ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمِ الْإِنسَانَ is in reference to everyone from humans, from the humans. All of mankind is included in that insan. And then when it says fi kabad in toil, what is this toil? What is the toil? There are two possible meanings here, the Shaykh says. Al ma'na al awwal fi istiqama. Yani annahu khalaqa aw khuliqa ala akmali wajhin fi al khilqah. Mustaqiman yamshi ala qadamayh. وَيَرْفَعُ رَأْسَهُ وَبَدَنَهُمْ عِتَدِيلًا One meaning of the kabat could be that indeed we created mankind in the upright and balanced form. In the upright and balanced form. That mankind was created in the best form. Walking upon his legs, upon his feet, raising his head. That is the best form. Head raised and walking upon your feet. Created in that good and upright form. In that upright form. But animals, the way animals have been created, the head is in line with the rear of the animal. When animals walk on all fours, the rear of the animal is in line with where their head is. Whereas mankind was created with their head upright and elevated in this honorable way and the rest of the body below. 
But the animals, the rear of the animal is at the same level as the head of the animal. أَمَّا بَنُوا آدَمْ فَالرَّأْسُ مُرْتَفِعَ أَعْلَى الْبَدْرِ فَهُوَ كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ That indeed we created mankind in the best of form. So that could be one meaning of kabad here as well. When Allah said, لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ That indeed we created mankind in the upright form. In that good and proper and respectful upright form. But another possible meaning of kabad, لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ is what we translated before which is the word toil. الْمُرَادُ بِكَبَدْ مُكَابَدَةُ الْأَشْيَاءِ وَمُعَانَاتِهَا وَأَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ يَعَانِ الْمَشَقَّ فِي أُمُورِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي طَلَبِ الرِّزْقِ وَفِي إِصْلَاحِ الْحَرْفِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكِ That mankind is always toiling. Meaning that you're always uh, going about your affairs and having to struggle with this and struggle with that and deal with this and deal with that. That's how life is. Have to go and deal with this issue, deal with that issue, deal with this issue, that issue. Uh, Fix this problem, fix that problem. There's always toil going on. That is the way that the life of mankind is. That you're always having to face the difficulties of the world, face the hardships and deal with this issue, that issue, fix this, fix that. There is toil always in life. وَيُعَانِي أَيْضًا مُعَانَاتَ الشَّدِّ مَعَ نَفْسِهِ وَمُجَاهَدَتِهَا عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ And also, you are toiling constantly with yourself in pushing yourself to be upon the worship of Allah and pushing aside laziness and sinning and wrongdoing. There's always that internal toil Within a person always. وَاجْتِنَابُ مَعَاصِ اللَّهِ وَهَذَا الْجِهَادِ الَّذِي هُوَ أَشَقُّ مِنْ مُعَانَاتِ طَلَبِ الرِّزْقِ وَلَا سِيَّمَا إِذَا بِتُلِيَ الْإِنسَانُ بِبِيئَةٍ مُنْحَرِفَةٍ وَصَارَ بَيْنَهُمْ غَرِيبًا فَإِنَّهُ سَيَجِدُ الْمَشَقَّةَ فِي مُعَانَاتِ نَفْسِهِ وَفِي مُعَانَاتِ النَّاسِ أَيْضًا So this type of internal striving and toil is more difficult than the external toil of the world. The difficulties and things you have to deal with in life, that's toil. But the internal striving is more complicated and more difficult and severe to maintain yourself upon obedience and to stay away from sinning and wrongdoing. And the shaykh says, especially if a person lives in a corrupt society, in a deviated society. If you live in that type of society, then you are a stranger among them. They are upon their worldly affairs and upon their kufr and upon their misguidances. Then you are a stranger in amongst their practices. And it becomes even more difficult upon you to keep striving and toiling internally to make sure that you keep yourself upon the straight and narrow. فَإِنْ قَالَ قَائِلٌ أَفَلَا يُمْكِنُ أَن تَكُونَ الْآيَةُ شَامِلَةً لِلْمَعْنِيَينَ Could this ayah not include both of those meanings, that it means the, the worldly toil, and or that your internal toil and worldly toil but also that it means that you were created upon that upright way so of course, now we have two possible meanings, one about the way that mankind was created in this upright form, and the other about this toil. 
There is no contradiction between the two. The fact that mankind was created upon this upright form and the fact that mankind toils in life, both of those statements are fact. So there is nothing wrong with both of those statements. And in that kind of situation, the Shaykh has mentioned before as well, if you come across an ayah where there are two possible tafsirs, they don't contradict each other, then both of them are valid. And you accept both of those valid and good and correct uh, tafsirs of that particular ayah. Only if there's a contradiction, then you have to examine and work out which is the correct understanding, which is the, the uh, preponderant opinion So then, فَهُنَا نَقُولَ لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَدْ يَصِحْ أَنْ تَكُونَ الْآيَةِ شَامِلَةِ لِلْمَعْنَيَينَ أي فِي حُسْنِ قَامَةٍ وَاسْتِقَامَةٍ وَفِي كَبَدْ فِي مُعَانَاتٍ لِمَشَاقِ الْأُمُورِ So in this ayah then we would say, and we can say, that it is in reference to mankind being created in the upright form, but it is also in reference to the toil, external and internal, that mankind faces. Then Allah says, Does he think that no one can overcome him? أي أن الإنسان في نفسه وقوته يظن أن يقدر عليه أحد لأنه في عنفوان شبابه وقوته وكبريائه وغطرسته فيقول لا أحد يقدر علي أنا أعمل ما شئت That does he think that no one can overcome him Meaning a person because of that strength that he has and in particular, if you are in your youthhood and you are in that uh, young age and you have strength and ability and activity and power in your body and you think that nobody can overcome you, you think you are, as they say, on top of the world when you're young, young and strong and quick and powerful and energetic and you think nobody can overcome you, and you think that you can do whatever you want. So then that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning here. That they think, mankind thinks, that nobody can overcome him. فَالْإِنسَانُ فِي حَالْ صِحَّتِهِ وَعِنْفَوَانْ شَبَابِهِ يَظُنُّ أَنَّهُ لَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَيْهِ أَحَدٍ When a person is in that good health, good health and strength and the, the youthhood that gives you that power and energy in your body, then you think nobody can overcome you. Perhaps an individual ends up even thinking the Lord, his creator cannot overcome him. And of course that would only be a kafir who thinks like that. A disbeliever who thinks that even his Lord cannot overcome him. As for the believer, he knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can overcome him at any time. And the believer knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all capable upon everything. And so the believer fears his Lord. يَقُولُ أَهْلَكْتُ مَا That this individual says boastfully, I have wasted wealth in abundance. يعني يَقُولُ الْإِنسَانُ أَيْضًا فِي حَالِ غِنَاهُ وَبَصْدِ الرِّزْقِ لَهُ That when a person is rich or has much wealth, and he's comfortable financially, then he says boastfully, look where I spent my money on, here and there. I wasted my money here or there. A malan kathiran fi shahawati wa fi maladhati. 
that he wasted a great deal of his wealth in his desires and luxuries and he boasts, look how I wasted my wealth here and there when he's in a circumstance of financial stability and good amounts. So then Allah says, أَيَحْسَبُ أَلَّمْ يَرَهُ أَحَدٌ Does he think that no one sees him? أَيَظُنُّ هَذَا أَنَّهُ لَا يَرَهُ أَحَدٌ فِي تَبْذِيرِهِ الْمَالِ Does he think that nobody sees him in his wastage of his wealth? وَصَرْفِهِ فِي مَا لَا يَنْفَعُ And the usage of his wealth in that which does not benefit. وَكُلُّ هَذَا تَهْدِيدٌ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يَتَغَطْرَسْ وَأَنْ يَسْتَكْبِرَ مِنْ أَجْلِ قُوَّتِهِ الْبَدَنِيَّ أَوْ كَثْرَةِ مَالِهِ So these ayat are a warning that a person should not think, especially in his younger days, that you are powerful and strong and you are on top of the world and nobody can touch you, or that when you are financially very well off that you are all good and set and you can waste your money and do whatever you want thinking nobody can touch you. This is a warning that a person should never begin to think in that way, should never allow his mind to think that. So then Allah tells us, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ Have we not made for him a pair of eyes and a tongue and a pair of lips? And shown him the two ways, the good and the bad. أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنِ هَذِهِ ثَلَاثُ نِعَمٍ مِنْ أَكْبَرِ النِّعَمِ عَلَى الْإِنسَانِ These are three of the biggest blessings, three of the greatest blessings upon mankind that Allah made for them a pair of eyes, and a pair of lips, and show them the two ways, the good and the bad. أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَيْنَيْنِ يَعْنِي يُبْصِرُ بِهِمَا وَيَرَى فِيهِمَا وَهَاتَانِ الْعَيْنَانِ تُؤَدِّيَانِ إِلَى الْقَلْبِ مَا نَظَرَ إِلَيْهِ الْإِنسَانِ فَإِنْ نَظَرَ نَظْرَةً مُحَرَّمًا كَانَ آثِمًا وَإِنْ نَظَرَ نَظْرًا يُقَرِّبُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ كَانَ غَانِمًا وَإِذَا نَظَرَ إِلَى مَا يُبَاحُ لَهُ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يُحْمَدُ وَلَا يُذَمْ مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ هَذَا النَّظَرْ مُفْضِيًا إِلَى مَحْضُورْ شَرْعِي فَيَكُنُ آثِمًا بِهَذَا النَّظَرْ So Allah made the two eyes for a person to see with and these two eyes they lead on to what is in the heart Meaning if a person looks at that which is haram, then he will be sinful. And if he looks at something that brings him closer to Allah, then he will profit from that. And if he looks at something which is allowable and permissible, then neither is he praised upon it nor criticized for it, as long as it does not lead on to something that is prohibited Islamically, in which case he would end up sinning once again. وَلِسَانًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ لِسَانًا يَنْطِقُ بِهِ وَشَفَتَيْنِ يَضْبِطُ بِهِمَ النُّطْقَ Two lips that you can speak with, or a tongue that you can speak with, and the two lips that you can then pronounce your words properly with. وَهَذِهِ مِنْ نِعَمِ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمَةِ And this is from the great blessings of Allah. لأنه بهذا اللسان وشفتين يستطيع أن يعبر عما في نفسه. With this tongue and two lips, you can then express what you feel. You can express what is in your thoughts. ولولا هذا ما استطاع. And without that, you would not be able to speak and express and say what you want to say and show what you want to indicate. ولو كان نعم. وَلَوْلَا هَذَا مَا اسْتَطَاعْ لَوْ كَانَ لَا يَتَكَلَّمُ فَكَيْفَ يُعَبِّرُ عَمَّا فِي قَلْبِهِ If you cannot speak, then how can you express what is in your heart? كَيْفَ يُعَلِّمُ النَّاسِ بِمَا فِي نَفْسِهِ How can you uh, let the people know what is inside of you? اللَّهُمَّ إِلَّا بِإِشَارَةَ تَتْعِبْ تُتْعِبْ Except if you had to then use sign language, which is obviously 
more tiring and time consuming. The one who has to do the sign language, it is more tiring. And the one who has to examine that and then interpret that is tiring as well compared to the ability to speak and hear. It is obviously much more tiring and much more uh, 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 effort required to do the signing. وَلَكِن مِّن نِّعْمَةِ اللَّهِ أَن جَعَلَ لَهُ لِسَانًا نَّاطِقًا وَشَفَتَيْنِ يَضْبِطُ بِهِمَا النُّطْقَ But by the blessing of Allah, Allah gave him a tongue that he can speak with and two lips that he can pronounce with properly then. وَهَذَا مِن نِّعْمَةِ اللَّهِ And this is from the blessing of Allah. وَهُوَ أَيْضًا مِّنْ عَجَائِبِ قُدْرَتِهِ And this is from the amazing affairs of the power and ability of Allah. يَأْتِ النُّطْقَ مِنْ هَوَا مِنْ هَوَا يَكُونُ مِنَ الرِّئَةِ يَخْرُجُ مِنْ مِخَارِجْ مَعِيَّنَةِ وَإِنْ مَرَّ بِشَيْءٍ صَارَ حَرْفًا وَإِنْ مَرَّ بِشَيْءٍ آخر صَارَ حَرْفًا آخر وَهُوَ هَوَاءٌ وَاحِدٌ مِنْ مَخْرَجْ وَاحِدٌ The Shaykh says, look how amazing this is. Your speech is just a puff of air that comes out of your lungs. Just a breath of air, a puff of air that comes out from your lungs. And depending on where you bring out that air, where you bring out that breath, that puff of air from this side, that side, this lip, that lip, then all of a sudden now you are pronouncing letters and words and this has become speech that you can now be understood with. And just before this part, it is just a breath of air coming out. A breath of air, the same puff of air, and then just where it comes out from all of a sudden, you have speech that is audible and that is comprehensible. لَكِنْ يَمُرُّ بِشَعِيرَاتِ دَقِيقَةِ فِي الْحَلْقِ And so he mentions how it goes through very fine areas of the throat and the lips and the, the uh, gum. فِي اللِثَّةِ هَذِي شَعَرَاتِ تَكُونُ الْحِرُوفِ so then uh, through the, the lips and the gums and the, the throat and the way that the sound then comes out, you now have letters and sounds and words and speech. All of the letters, the ba, the sheen, it is the air that comes out from the lungs. But the sound will be different depending on how you bring it out of the mouth and ba, sheen, and all of that is the push from the lungs with that air to begin with. This is from the complete perfection and power of Allah that He created mankind in this way, that these words and letters, they come out in that way. And not just that, but when you think about how many languages there are in the world and the way that people bring out the sound slightly differently from a slightly different place and put together different sounds in a different order, then all of a sudden you have different languages. And it is the same breath that comes out, not just in one language with the different words, but hundreds of languages by slightly changing where the sound comes out from and changing the order that you bring the sounds out. And that becomes languages upon languages upon languages. And then, وَهَدَيْنَاهُ النَّجْدَيْنَ That we guided him, highlighted to him the two paths, the path of goodness and the path of evil. قِيلْ أَيْ بَيَّنَّا لَهُ طَرِيقَ الْخَيْرِ وَطَرِيقَ الشَّرِّ That is one tafsir of this, that we clarified to him the upright pathway and the evil pathway, made aware to him what the good pathway is and what the evil is. And there is another tafsir to this. دَلَّلْنَاهُ عَلَى مَا بِهِ غِذَاؤُهُ وَهُوَ الثَّدْيَانِ فَإِنَّهُمَا نَجْدَانِ لِارْتِفَاعِهِمَا فَوْقَ الصَّدْرِ فَهَدَاهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَهُوَ رَضِيعُ لَا يَعْرِفُ فَمِنْ حِينْ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ وَتَضَعُهُ أُمُّهُ يَطْلُبُ الثَّدْي وَالَّذِي أَعْلَمَهُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ فَبَيَّنَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ مِنَّتَهُ عَلَى هَذَا الْإِنسَانِ مِنْ حِينَ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ يَهْتَدِي إِلَى النَّجْدَيْنِ Another possible tafsir here 
of guiding, we guided him to the two ways. We guided him to the two ways. One could be the way of goodness and the way of badness that he was made aware of where is good and where is bad. The other possible tafsir of the two ways is in regards to a newborn baby, a newborn baby that knows absolutely nothing about anything yet. Yet instantly a newborn baby knows how to suckle and breastfeed straight away. As soon as the newborn baby is born, it recognizes and understands how to suckle from the, the breastfeeding, for example, from his mother. And he seeks for that breastfeeding and for that suckling. And that is a newborn baby. How does he know that? This is perhaps one tafsir that Allah showed or, or, or directed the newborn to that, to the two ways in reference to the breastfeeding that he understands the newborn straight away seeks for that suckling and for that breastfeeding. And this is also from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to that newborn. And that could be the meaning of we showed him the two ways. And so that it mentions so Allah is highlighting the great endowment and what he has blessed the newborn with that immediately it understands how to feed. Understands about the suckling and the breastfeeding. And also when still unborn, it receives nutrition via the uh, umbilical cord and via the nutrition from the mother to it. لأنه لا يستطيع أن يتغذى من غير هذا فلو تغذى عن طريق الفم لاحتاج إلى بول وغائط وكيف ذلك لكنه عن طريق السرة يأتيه الدم من دم أمه وينتشر في عروقه حتى يحيا إلى أن يأذن الله تعالى بإخراجه So within the womb of the mother also the child receives nutrition receives nutrition via that poured into his belly button and was it for the fact that he would have to eat and drink at that stage then what therefore of the the defecation and those other affairs of a human after you're born how could that be in the womb of the mother so instead Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also uh, 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 highlighted this great blessing that within the womb of the mother he has that pathway of nutrition coming to him also that is the first section. Then it carries on after that. To the end. But that will do from next session, inshaAllah ta'ala. We'll conclude upon that for today.